0: You're listening to Joey's Totally Tech, your tech podcast. A number of Linux users have wished they could have certain Adobe programs on the platform, while many Adobe users would switch to Linux if Adobe supported it. Adobe claims there are too many Linux distributions to support, as well as not having enough people who would purchase it for Linux. But now, with some of the newer package types available, Adobe doesn't exactly have an excuse. I'll discuss this today on Joey's Totally Tech. Hello everyone, welcome to the Joey's Totally Tech podcast for June 29th, 2020. We are glad you are listening. Uh, We have the website launched, Lisa's looked at it, what do you think so far, baby? I really like it, it's very nice. Oh, thank you, baby. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of worked on that pretty quickly, honestly, I built it on a WordPress theme. But I'm adding some new features to it regularly, it's only three pages right now last night i actually added the facebook messenger to it so if you want to ask tech questions there you can really easily uh we've been putting amazon affiliate links in our episodes lately uh we've been posting gear that we use and i'm going to be posting a linux book today in this episode since this is a more linux related episode today if you want to check that out look at the episode description Click the link if you want to purchase that book. You help support this podcast too. Uh, Let's see what else we've got here. Uh, stats update. You know, leadership. Leadership. Listenership is slightly down today. Uh, this country's leadership has been down for a while, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We we don't get too political on the show, but yeah, we don't have very good feelings about our leaders right now. Uh, but yeah, listenership is slightly down. Estimated audience of sixteen, but you know, this is still a small and growing podcast, so it's understandable um library seems to be holding steady and actually probably increasing a little bit so i'm not complaining there um i'm trying to get more listeners of course uh try to grow the podcast because I do want it to grow. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. We've got most of our listeners in France still. I don't understand that. You have any theories, baby, why we have most listeners in France? I don't know. I mean, maybe they're really into tech. I guess so. Do they uh, understand English, though? That's my question. Probably. Some of them do. Yeah, I mean, I imagine a lot of them do. I'm just really surprised that they're listening to... uh, podcast that's not in their native language for tech but didn't you say that um it could be bots not bots but um but in different areas i don't remember said about that your mic was breaking up i don't know why i have to look into the settings there but it could be a virtual private network not bots but yeah virtual private network Yeah, Uh, so yeah, 58% are male, 15% are female, 15% not specified, and apparently it thinks we have no non-binary users. That could be in the not specified, though. Um, I've talked to a few friends recently, and we normally just post audio on the podcast, not video, but I've got a few friends that are telling me they're watching the podcast (laughs) um are they watching the little time bar on the podcast that's my question i mean i do you you watch that (laughs) i I pay no attention to that unless i want to look at the time in the (laughs) podcast you know yeah (laughs) yeah um interesting comments yeah that, that was part of the bullet points there and uh, that's pretty much it. Just remember you can check out joeystolytech.com. Sign up for the new email list to keep up to date. We'll inform you every Monday about our new podcast. Also, get bonus content there. And remember to message us on Facebook Messenger or the Anchor app, voice message uh, feature in that app. Ask your tech questions. Or comment on any of the episodes we've done so far. Thanks for listening, and on to the content of today's episode. Adobe's Creative Suite, now known as Creative Cloud, is a set of software tools mostly for creative types people involved in digital design and digital media that many people wish there was a Linux version of. And indeed, using something like Wine, you can get older versions of Creative Suite's software running on Linux. But that's not quite the point. Adobe doesn't support it if you can get it running. Now, this isn't an argument that Linux doesn't have similar tools as it does. Many people are trained on programs like Photoshop and Illustrator, however, and many corporations see Adobe as the standard. And as such, for both employment and freelance work, many people need Creative Suite or Creative Cloud. Many of us freelancers would rather be using Linux For me, Manjaro Linux is my main operating system. I do have Windows for the things I need Windows for, but the majority of my time is spent in Linux. And quite frankly, looking at the state of Linux today at this time, I think Adobe no longer has an excuse to not support Linux. Their main excuses have been that there are too many versions or distributions of Linux to support. It would take too much time. You'd have to make packages specific to each distribution, and I get that. In the past, that would have been a good excuse. The other excuse is that they don't have many people demanding Linux versions, but I think the demand is higher than they realize, as many people don't want to use Windows or Mac OS. I've seen so many people state that they would switch to Linux if Adobe created Linux versions of their programs. the biggest PC gaming platform supports Linux. Valve is an example of a big company, the largest PC gaming store, and they've supported Linux for some time. Their PC gaming store, Steam, has been available on Linux since 2013. And in 2018, Valve released a beta version of Proton, an open source Windows compatibility layer for Linux based on Wine. And from what I've seen, this works really well between the different distributions that I've used. Now, would Adobe want to do a Wine-based version? Probably not. Though it works well on Steam's games, I get there's some software where Wine isn't perfect, and I don't think they have to use Wine. Of course, they're not using Wine on macOS for compatibility, but a native version, so they could focus on a native version of their products for Linux. they could target one particular distro. An idea that has been around for a long time is that Adobe could target one particular distro to support. And the distribution that has been the popular choice for theoretical support has been Ubuntu. Ubuntu is a widely used Linux distribution and often considered one of the most user-friendly distros. This is really what Valve does with Steam. Now yes, Manjaro has an installer for Steam as well, but if you go to steampower.com and try to download a Linux version, even in Manjaro, you get a .dev file for Ubuntu and other Debian-based distributions. It's an easy route to go, and you only have to officially support one distribution. If you could get it working on other distributions, that's great. But the company doesn't have to support those other distributions. But then Ubuntu also has SNAPs, a type of distribution agnostic package that has been popularized in Ubuntu, originally designed for Ubuntu Touch. And distribution agnostic packages such as SNAP are a reason Adobe wouldn't even need to support one specific Linux distribution. distribution agnostic packages. Ubuntu has snaps which can be used in other distributions as well. I'm able to install snaps here on my computer which is running Manjaro but snaps aren't on every distribution as the official Arch Linux repository no longer has snapd. You can find it in the AUR however Snaps are also more time consuming for developers than the other two types I'm going to mention, Flatpaks and App Images. Flatpaks are interesting as they run the software within a sandbox environment, isolating it from the rest of the system. Theoretically, these apps could be installed on any Linux distribution, but if you want support right out of the box, You'll want Elementary OS, Endless OS, Fedora, Silverblue, or Pop! OS. There are probably other distributions that support it as well, but not every Linux distribution will have support for it out of the box. My favorite among these package formats is the AppImage format. My favorite among these package formats is the AppImage format. The format aims to be an application deployment system for Linux with the goals of simplicity, binary compatibility, distro agnosticism, no installation, no root permission, being portable, and keeping the underlying operating system untouched. And it doesn't install the application in the traditional sense. When it runs, the file is mounted with fuse, It includes all the libraries that the application depends on that aren't part of the targeted system, as the other formats do too. For app images, the only things you need to do to run it are download it, make it executable, and then run it. Adobe could easily use one of these formats to support multiple distributions. And these distribution agnostic package formats are probably the biggest reason, in my opinion, that Adobe now has no excuse for not supporting Linux. All Adobe has to do is write the Linux version of that software, and I hope they realize they could do this soon and make it happen. Adobe has no excuse in my opinion. They can now support all Linux distributions easily. It's up to them. Of course, I prefer using open source tools when possible. So I'm sticking with GIMP and Inkscape, unless I otherwise specifically am required by a client or employer to use the Creative Cloud software. But I think these reasons don't just apply to Adobe, but any software company. I get that the user base still may not be the majority, but Linux usage is growing. And if Adobe doesn't want to create Linux versions of their software, as more people turn to Linux on the desktop, they will go with other alternatives. Now, I don't know that Linux will ever overtake the desktop market. It likely won't. Though I could see it getting ahead of macOS at some point, as I think people have been getting fed up with certain things that Apple has been doing for some time, and they're looking for alternatives. So, why not make the software available on that alternative? Hey everyone, it's Joey, and I'm recording this for my iPhone 6S. Have you heard about the Anchor app yet? If not, let me explain. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. I'm recording from my phone right now. I normally use my professional microphone at home to record, but hey, I'm showing that you can do this on the phone too. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast. There's no minimum listenership required. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the Anchor app in the Apple App Store or Android's Google Play Store today to get started. Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Earlier this week, I did do a more full story on Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference, but in today's news, we do a quick recap, including something that wasn't covered earlier this week about Apple's appeals process for rejected apps. Microsoft is shutting down Mixer as well as its Microsoft retail stores. Amazon is fighting back against counterfeits. You can identify dog breeds and plants with Snapchat. The robot revolution has begun in a science lab as well as Hollywood. Let us welcome our cybernetic overlords. And the military really wants nuclear thermal propulsion so we can travel the solar system. All this and more. It's time for the news here on Joey's Totally Tech. It's June 29th, 2020, and this is the news for the previous week. First, the Apple Worldwide Developers Conference recap. The big news from the Worldwide Developers Conference on Monday is that Apple is switching to their own silicon ARM-based CPUs from Intel for their Macintosh computers. All new Macs will have the new ARM processors by the end of the year, with the exception of a couple of Intel Macs that are remaining. Mac OS Big Sur will have more elements from iOS and iPad OS, and the iPhone and iPad apps can be more easily ported to Big Sur. Intel Macs will still be supported for some time. Also, home screen improvements for iOS like widgets are being made. The new app library will help organize your apps, and Watch OS is adding sleep tracking, blood oxygen tracking and the ability to share customized watch faces. In a lesser-known story from the conference, Apple announced that it will let developers appeal if Apple rejects their apps from the App Store. The change will arrive later this summer. Last week, Apple sparked controversy by rejecting an update from the email subscription service, Hey, which Apple claimed broke the App Store policy on in-app payments. Pay has since been approved, but without in-app purchases. They got around Apple's App Store requirement by offering a free trial option. This conference comes in the middle of antitrust investigations into Apple by the European Union, one of which is dealing with how Apple is handling in-app payments. Microsoft is shutting down Mixer and partnering with Facebook. The Twitch competitor Mixer will be shutting down on July 22nd after the service didn't gain the traction it had hoped to have to compete with Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook Gaming. Mixer streamers will be transitioned to Facebook Gaming over the coming weeks. Existing Mixer partners will be granted partner status with Facebook Gaming. Streamers who are using the Mixer monetization program will be granted eligibility for Facebook's Level Up program, and any viewers with outstanding Ember balances or subscriptions will receive Xbox gift card credit. Microsoft will work closely with Facebook to bring xCloud game streaming to Facebook Gaming. Microsoft is permanently closing its retail stores. The company announced Friday it will permanently close its 83 Microsoft Store retail locations. Microsoft began to expand its retail presence in the past decade, creating a similar shopping experience to Apple stores. Microsoft says the closing of the physical locations will, quote, result in a pre-tax charge of approximately $450 million, or 5 cents per share, end quote which it will record in the current quarter ending June 30th. Microsoft will instead focus on its online store at Microsoft.com. Retail team members will help on the website instead of in-store. All employees will have the opportunity to stay with the company. Amazon launches its counterfeit crimes unit to fight knockoffs in its store. The online retailer has launched the unit to fight counterfeit products on the site. The team consists of former federal prosecutors, investigators, and data analysts. Counterfeit products have been an issue for Amazon. Nike recently decided to stop selling through the platform because of imposter sellers. This unit will make it easier for Amazon to file civil lawsuits, aid brand investigations, and work with law enforcement aws launches amazon honeycode a no code mobile and web app builder honeycode is a fully managed low code no code development tool that has a web-based drag and drop interface developers can build applications for up to 20 users for free it provides a set of templates for common use cases such as to-do list applications, customer trackers, survey schedules, and inventory management. It also provides users with spreadsheet view as the core data interface and users can work with standard spreadsheet style formulas. It only runs in the AWS US West region, but will soon be rolled out to other regions you could use Snapchat's augmented reality camera to identify dog breeds and plant species. Snapchat has come out with its scan feature, which allows users to get information on objects around them. They launched the feature last year at their partner summit, but the new features for scan were announced at this year's summit, which was an online only event. So now Snapchat is where you want to go to identify what breed your dog is or what the heck that plant is outside your house. Facebook will start labeling violating posts from politicians, but critics are saying it's not enough. Facebook has refused to aggressively address hate speech, but it appears that's changing as Mark Zuckerberg said Friday that they will remove posts that incite violence or attempt to suppress voting, even from political leaders. The company will also put labels on posts that violate hate speech or other policies. This seems to be a partial retreat from the company's previous position. Facebook recently refused to label posts by Donald Trump that said, quote, when the looting starts, the shooting starts, end quote. Twitter had already placed warning labels on a similar post. Zuckerberg said, quote, There are no exceptions for politicians in any of the policies that I'm announcing today, end quote. Brandy Collins-Dexter, Senior Campaign Director of Color of Change, an activist group which has been critical of Facebook, has said, quote, Facebook is feeling pressure, which is good. I still think at the end of the day, they still have a long way to go." Facebook is testing Forecast, an app used for making world event predictions. Forecast is a social polling app from Facebook's NPE team, which allows users to ask about what may happen in the future. It's currently only available to invited participants in the U.S. and Canada on iOS. Users vote on what they think will happen and explain reasoning behind their choices. The predictions and related discussions are public on the forecast website. Facebook tested the app internally with a small set of employees, but has started inviting members of health, research, and academic communities to to make predictions about the pandemic and its impact on the world. Questions are moderated and sometimes edited for clarity before being posted. Spotify is testing interactive podcast ads so you never have to remember a promo code again spotify is testing a new feature allowing podcasts to embed a link on their episode pages that leads directly to an advertiser's web page the system loads with the promo codes automatically inserted removing work from the users spotify is looking for ways to create more of a direct funnel for brands streaming ad insertion was introduced in january for exclusive shows on spotify The technology is targeting users based on their demographics and other data points in real-time and inserts ads into podcasts as they are being listened to. Google start paying some publishers for news articles. Google announced a licensing program that will be part of its News & Discover service, which they will be launching later this year. The program starts with publishers from Germany, Australia, and Brazil. Google plans to add more regions soon. Recently, some countries have pushed for Google to compensate publishers for the news content it is linked to. Facebook has also launched a news tab in the U.S., which is paying some participating publishers for their work though Facebook's scheme was criticized for being too exclusive and not paying publishers enough. A journalist's phone was hacked by a new, invisible technique. Parties associated with the Moroccan government were able to use a tool to hack a journalist's phone by intercepting the journalist's cellular signal and returning malicious code. Without the journalist ever noticing anything had happened, Despite being trained in encryption and cybersecurity, the hack only required the journalist to use a website. Attackers could access all the data on the phone, listen to calls, and monitor video conferences, and even turn the camera and microphone on to monitor the journalist at any moment. Network injection attacks leave no trace making it impossible to determine what weaknesses were exploited to gain access to the phone. It's likely that the Moroccan government was behind the attack. The Arctic Circle hit 101 degrees Fahrenheit last Saturday, its hottest temperature ever. The small Russian town of Verkhoyansk. I'm not sure if I pronounced that correctly, which is located in the Arctic Circle, recorded a temperature of 100.4 degrees Fahrenheit. It's the hottest temperature ever recorded in the Arctic Circle. The average high temperature in January in the town is negative 44 degrees Fahrenheit. Temperatures in the area have risen significantly above average in the past few months. The planet's poles warm faster than the rest of the planet due to atmospheric processes, meaning high-latitude countries will experience significantly more warming than low-latitude countries. This dramatic warming of the Arctic to triple digits wasn't expected until the year 2100. There is a lab where robots run their own experiments. A robotic cloud lab, Stratios, automates the laboratory process so researchers can experiment remotely. Lab work can be time intensive and prone to human error. Robots don't get tired. Robots are superior. Let the robot revolution begin! Oh wait, I don't want that to happen. But this will help give results that are more accurate. Instructions in chemistry can be ambiguous, but Stratios experiments are defined by code, meaning all experiments can be perfectly replicated. Scientists have used dopamine to seamlessly merge artificial and biological neurons. They have been able to connect an artificial neuron with a biological one, getting them to communicate with dopamine. There have been previous attempts at hybrid neural circuits focused on electrical computing. Chemical computing brings brain-machine interfaces closer to reality. It's theoretically possible to use neuromorphic chips as replacement parts for damaged brains. The chips have demonstrated the ability to learn. More research is still required before the technology can be used for practical applications, such as becoming a cyborg. A one-time neuron treatment reversed Parkinson's disease in mice. UC San Diego scientists have developed a method to create neurons. The technique is able to convert astrocytes, the supporting cells in the brain, into neurons, which process information. Using the technique, the researchers were able to permanently reverse Parkinson's symptoms in mice. The mice were cured within three months after a single treatment, and remain symptom-free for the rest of their lives. Waymo and Volvo team up to create electric robo-taxis. The two companies announced an exclusive partnership to integrate Waymo's self-driving software into electric vehicles designed for a ride hailing. The vehicle will be capable of level four autonomy, meaning it will handle all driving in a specific geographic area or certain weather and road conditions. It's not known if the companies will work together after the vehicle has been developed, but wording from the announcement suggests it's likely the companies have more planned and a possible licensing deal is in the works. Volvo still has an active deal with Uber to supply vehicles designed for autonomous driving. Amazon is set to buy Zoox for one billion plus dollars. A deal is set to be announced. Self-driving technology has been important to Amazon because it could potentially lower the cost of delivering goods to customers. Basically, robots are taking your jobs, Amazon drivers. Zoox aims to develop fully integrated vehicles, not just core autonomous technology. Zooks will require a lot more funding if it wants to continue with its mission, as developing a car costs billions of dollars. Amazon's plans for Zook's technology are still unclear. Flying cars are here! A startup named Airspeeder aims to host a full-scale flying car race in South Australia before the end of this year. These cars are cheaper than helicopters and air taxis. No human drivers will be racing initially, but the company plans to obtain the licensing to allow real pilots in races. The world's smallest motor. Swiss scientists have created the world's smallest motor with just 16 atoms. It's created with an acetylene rotor base it can operate with 99% directional stability and temperatures below 17 degrees above zero. The scientists are still working on understanding the process involved in the molecular machine. Far UVC light safely kills airborne coronaviruses. Columbia University Irving Medical Center has found that far UVC light ...can safely kill 99.9% of seasonal coronavirus present in airborne droplets. UV lamps can kill viruses, but they aren't used in occupied public spaces because of being a potential health hazard. Far UVC light can't reach or damage living cells of the body, making it feasible and safe to use in indoor public places... And significantly reducing the risk of person to person transmission of the coronavirus. An AI robot is cast in the lead role of a $70 million sci fi film. Erica, a robot, is a lead actress in a science fiction film. The bot was created by two Japanese scientists as part of their robotic studies. They simulated her motions and emotions through one-on-one sessions. They talked through her feelings and coached character development and body language. The bot was originally going to debut in a project directed by Tony K of American History X fame, but there were issues with scheduling. So the robot revolution will take place in Hollywood. They are taking over. The robot revolution has begun. Let us welcome our robot overlords. Oh, wait a second. The US military really wants to have nuclear thermal propulsion. It's long been theorized that nuclear propulsion could be the fastest practical means of getting around the solar system. Nuclear thermal engines would theoretically heat a propellant which would expand through a rocket nozzle and provide thrust. Such an engine has not been successfully developed yet, but DARPA recently announced it plans to have a flyable nuclear thermal propulsion system ready for demonstration by 2025. Development of these types of engines is now possible with recent technologies, such as the ability to manufacture refractory metals and advancements in supercomputing. And this has been the news. This has been Joey's Totally Tech. Thank you for listening. Be sure to check out joeystotallytech.com. Sign up for the mailing list. Ask your questions. And I will catch you next time.